Well, good morning, Poetry Baptist Church, and happy Mother's Day. I'm so glad you mothers could be with us this morning, and I know that as you were coming in, we just shared with the kiddos, is that all the caution signs and the cones and the lights and all that stuff, it's not really about Mother's Day. It's about the sermon for today, and I was a little worried that maybe we were going to deter some folks, that maybe it was going to be the day that we had like 10 new families come into the parking lot, and they saw the cones and the barrels, and they said, I guess they're closed, and then they go back home. So we got some scouts out in the parking lot making sure that's not going to happen. In that last song, I don't know if you guys caught all of the old English in there, but your challenge for this week, I'm going to start doing this, is issuing a challenge each week is that your challenge for this week is, for the rest of the week, I want you to speak in Old English to everyone, okay? That's the challenge. Let's pray together. God, we love you. We thank you for this morning. Thank you for moms. Thank you for the blessing that they are in our lives. And we thank you for Eve, the first woman, that not for her rebellion, but for the fact that you made a promise to her, that through her line, that one was going to come, that there is going to be a singular male who is going to come as a descendant of Eve, who would crush the head of the serpent, but in doing so would give up his life. And so in that moment of rebellion, where we turned our backs against you and Adam and Eve in the garden, that there was still grace, that you made a promise that you didn't have to make. You made a promise that one day Jesus would come, that he would go to the cross, that he would die for the sins of Adam and Eve and Kevin and every other person who would ever live so that we could have eternal life. We could spend it with you if we would simply give ourselves over to Jesus, confess our sins, and live our lives for you. Be present in your word this morning, God. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I love my slides, and so I'm going to show you guys some. I know we, we got to show the kids some caution signs, but I got some signs for y'all that <laughs> touching wires causes instant death, $200 fine. That's a, that's a real sign that somebody came up with. Here's another one. Caution, slow kids on road with no shoulders. Not sure what's in the drinking water in that part of the country, but okay. Anyone caught exiting through this door will be asked to leave. If you live in Florida, there's a good chance that you've seen this sign the ginormous mosquito flying off with a person. Beware! There's a little, a little dachshund, a little wiener dog. with It's a piece of wood, and it says beware on it. See, the problem is, is that there's so many of the signs out there in the world that are funny, that are nonsensical, that you really wonder who wrote the sign or who made the sign, that when it comes time to truly see and recognize and heed a caution sign that says something like flooded, turn around, 
don't drown, and yet people drive through those signs. And every time there's a flood, emergency responders have to put their lives on the line to go and rescue fools that sign that told them to turn around. And the result is typically something like this. You can see the car that's buried up to the windows in flooded water. And when we come to Matthew chapter 6 today, it begins with a very strong warning from Jesus. It starts off with the word that in some of your translations, I have the HCSB, it's rendered, be careful, the Greek word prosexo. And it means to focus your attention towards something, to give all of your attention to something. Pay attention, beware, be careful, Jesus says. And I wonder how many of us as disciples see that, like the funny signs. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Warning, beware. <laughs> that's a good one, Jesus. You're a Jesus of love. You're the Jesus who, you're my homeboy, right? So whatever you have to say after that, it's all just runoff. We ignore it. Jesus says, be careful, disciples of mine. Remember, this is still the Sermon on the Mount. This is still the address to the four guys that he called who were fishermen and said, come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And he's been going through the Sermon on the Mount and it comes to a place where Jesus says, everything that I've taught you now come to this place, warning, beware, be careful, prosexo. Do not practice your righteousness in front of people to be seen by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. If you're the kind of person that you're okay with in your Bible, circling stuff, you might want to circle that word reward. No reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites, another good word to circle, the hypocrites in the synagogues do and on the streets to be applauded by people. I assure you, they already have their reward. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And your father, who sees in secret, will reward you. There's that word again. You pray, again, this is an extension, a continuation of beware, caution, prosexo. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. Because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. I assure you. They already have their reward. There's that word again. But when you pray, go into a private room. Shut the door. Pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. There's that word again. When you pray, don't babble on like the idolaters. Imagine heard for their many words. Don't be like them. Because your Father knows the things you need before. You even ask for them. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. 
your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive people their wrongdoing, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive people, your Father will not forgive your wrongdoing. Whenever you fast, don't be sad-faced like the hypocrites, the actors, the people with the masks on who pretend to be one thing, but they're charlatans, they're frauds, for they make their faces unattractive. So their fasting is obvious to people. I assure you, they already have their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so you don't show your fasting to people, but to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. There's that word again. Don't collect for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but collect for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust can destroy and where thieves can't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So, if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? No one can be a slave of two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot be slaves of God and mammon. That's Matthew 6, 1 to 24. Prosexo, caution, beware. I don't have a lot of slides up there for you today. This is pretty much it. Caution, beware. Jesus dials in on a few major points. How you give, how you pray, how you fast, and then he talks about possessions and God. We talked about that first word, prosexo, giving your attention to, beware, caution. And I want to ask you this morning, would you do that? Would you actually beware of what Jesus has to say? Would you give your attention to it? Because if he said it, it's important. And not only did he say it, but he said, beware. Let's not be like the fools that see the sign that says, water crossing, eh, I could probably make it. I could probably make it. And then five, six feet in, you feel your car starting to drift with the current. And the next thing you know, the water's filling up inside the cabinet. And you say, gosh, if only I could rewind about 30 seconds. One minute, I'd go back. It's too late. I had an algebra teacher in high school, Mr. Binky, the first day of school. He said, if you don't have your homework turned in by the time the bell rings, and Mr. Binky was like six foot seven, tall and skinny like a sh- these long, creepy fingers, and he used to wiggle them. And he'd say, 
it's too late. It's too late. And one day, Kevin thought, well, maybe Mr. Binky will forget what he said. Even though I know he's told students virtually every day, it's too late. It's too late. And so I went up, walking backwards, and I put my homework on Mr. Binky's desk, and he said, Kevin, it's too late. Don't let it be too late, folks. Jesus isn't creepy like Mr. Binky was, but he's standing there and he's telling us in and through the word, beware. And we go, Jesus, that's a good one. That's a good one. And someday he's coming again and he's going to look at us and we're going to say, Jesus, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons? Didn't we do awesome mission trips? Didn't we spend a lot of money? Didn't we paint the sanctuary a beautiful color? Didn't we hire consultants and mow the lawn? Didn't we do all kinds of cool stuff with banners and lights and signs? And he's going to say, away from me, you evildoers, you lawbreakers, I never knew you. Because we look at sections of scripture like this and we say, ah. Jesus is a God of love. Jesus is my homie. Beware. Ah. Let's go to lunch. Let's go get some fajitas. Besides, it's Mother's Day. Be careful how you practice your righteousnesses in front of other people. Don't we like to do that? I was on uh, LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago, and this was the thing that finally led me to close my account on LinkedIn. Not that I'm trying to look for another job or really trying to network with anybody. I go on it like once or twice a year. And then I look on this thing and I see a post that someone that I know that I'm connected to has this thing up there and it's from some guy who's third or fourth person removed from somebody that I know. And he's talking about how he was at a gas station and he saw somebody drive away and when he looked at the gas pump, they'd only put $3 in the pump. And so what he did is he chased them down, he brought them back, he filled up their car with gas, all really super cool things, right? But then he went and he ruined it. And he had to, he had to do a humble brag on LinkedIn, share it on Facebook and say, hey everybody, I, I just want you to know this incredibly humble and sacrificial, this very Christian-esque thing that I did today is that I went and I got this family, I brought them, I filled them up, and didn't I do, didn't I do a something really cool? Didn't I do something awesome? And if you're sitting in here today and you're going, he did, Pastor, what's your problem? Be careful! Keep it to yourself, Jesus says. Why do you do it in front of other people to be seen by others? Otherwise, you've already got your reward. You know what our reward is, everyone? Do you know what our reward is? It's the one that we come into this world with. That's our reward. That word, misthos, it means compensation. It means wage. I think that's a better translation than reward. Because Romans tells us, for the wages of sin is death. That's our reward, everyone. That's our compensation. And so if you want to go around honking your own horn, telling everybody about the amazing Christian that you are, 
Keep your mouth closed. Do it in secret, Jesus said, so that the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Shh. Don't tell anyone, because the only one that needs to know is God. You don't need to come up to your pastor and say, Pastor, I just want to let you know how I was living out my faith this week. Yeah, I fed some poor people. You know, I, I, I donated about $10,000 to a uh, nonprofit charity organization. And uh, you're probably going to want to make a plaque for me or, you know, get, get my name on one of these pews in here. I know, you know, I'm just throwing out some ideas for you. Maybe, maybe my name and neon lights on the outside of the building. We'll change the name from Pottery Baptist Church to the John Smith Church of Sacrificial Giving and Humility.com. Be careful. And then he says how to pray. When you pray, don't be like the actors, the frauds, the charlatans, the hypocrites. The huporitis is the Greek word. Literally, it means a stage actor. It's someone who would put on one of those little masks and pretend to be something that they're not. And that's what we do a lot of times, right? You come into church on Sunday morning and somebody says, how are you this morning? And we put on that mask. Oh, I'm doing great. No, you're not. If you can't be honest and forthcoming here, do you really think that if we put on our Sunday best and we put on a mask, that that's why we gather together in this place? Is so that we can pretend? I'm doing awesome. I'm doing great. Since I'm the pastor... You know, I've got a couple of stepkids, I've got a couple of youngsters, a life and a marriage, and all of it's absolutely perfect. Seamless life. You guys, if, if you ever come over to our house, you're going to go, it's exactly how we need to be living. Just like Pastor Kevin and their family. Met with a friend this, this for lunch, and he said that a pastor at another church got up and stood in front of the congregation, and he said, if y'all think that life in our house is every morning that my daughters descend down from upstairs with a glow. And that we, we welcome all of our family into, oh, good morning, Allie. How are you? Papa, it is so beautiful to see you this morning. Oh, I know. I hope that Delaney is coming soon. She is, Father. May I get you a water? Oh, no, that's fine, daughter. Let's all go into the living room and get on bended knee and worship. No! That's a lie. And I'm not going to stand up here and perpetuate a lie. Christine and I actually fight sometimes. <gasps> She'll tell you. And she wins. Because as my brother said on my wedding day, if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. So you got to learn. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be an actor. See, because if you do, if you pretend that everything's fine, you're stealing the opportunity that someone has that they can walk up and say, well, let me pray for you. I can pray for you, and I believe in a God who transforms lives and families and marriages and entire church congregations through the power of prayer. And all God's people said... That's the God that we've come here this morning to worship. And if you came here for something else, I don't know why you're here. I don't. 
Because we come into this place and we drop the facade and the garbage and the hypocrisy and the lies and the humble brags and we dump it all at the door and we come in here as broken people and we worship and we say, God, that the best stuff that we have to offer is filthy rags. See, you're the vine, we're the branches, and apart from you, we can do nothing. And I wonder if we really believe that. Do we really believe Or do we spend all week long doing stuff that we think matters? See, because if that's reality, at the end here, Jesus is talking about God and possessions. What he's saying is that if you're one of those people that all week long what you're doing What you're doing, Lavelle, is you're spending your whole week chasing after stuff that doesn't matter. You're collecting treasures that moths get to, that rise to, and it's destroyed. And on the last day of your life, if you say, I wish I could rewind it back and relive those last 50, 60 years of my life, would I do things differently? And I guarantee every single one of us would say yes. Why do I have a big collection of this? Why do I have all of that stuff? guy that I used to know years ago that I'm friends with on Facebook, he works for an auction house. He's an expert in stuff, in accumulating stuff. See, we accumulate in America so much garbage is that we have entire storage facilities It's not a thing in most places in the world. We've got so much garbage and that moths and rust are getting to, and we we hoard it. We amass it. That's that word right there in verse 19. It says, don't collect. Don't amass. Don't, Don't hoard it all. See, we're building these big piles of garbage that are all going to get flushed down the toilet. They don't matter. The only thing that matters is God and his mission, which are people who are lost. And if we're not invested in that as a church, we could turn into a church that we want to we counsel people. Not a bad thing. But there are counselors out there that do that stuff. And if you need counseling, talk to me. We can help you. But that's not our primary goal here. See, because what ends up happening is then we become a church of broken people. And then we get together and we celebrate our brokenness. That's not the point. Beware. Caution. If you're not involved in the mission and the ministry of the gospel to the ends of the earth, you're missing it. See, because so happens that our church has a scripture verse out on the sign. We put it on our bulletins. It says that you increase. And I must diminish. Is that what we're living out? Are we saying, I must increase and Jesus, you must diminish? I must increase. All the stuff that's important to me better be important to you. Otherwise, I'm going to go and find a new God. I'm going to go and find a new God that aligns with my mission statement. Jesus says, warning, beware. How to fast whenever you do so. I don't know if you've ever fasted. I've tried it a couple of times. I'm not really good at it. A couple hours in, I'm ready to go and get a snack. 
You say, Pastor, that's rude. That's honest. That's transparency. Don't walk around and act like, oh, I'm in the middle of a fast when you haven't. Don't say that you're good at it. Don't even let anybody know that you're doing it. Do it because it's about you and your relationship with God. Jesus didn't have a big uh, multi-market media campaign as he was going out into the desert with a biplane flying over with a big banner that said, I'm going to fast in the desert for 40 days. How about me? And if Jesus did it, that would be true. Awesome. But see, when we do it, there's something filthy and disgusting about it because we make it about us. Whenever you fast, don't be sad-faced like the hypocrites for they make their faces unattractive. I just think about when I was a kid and we used to suck our cheeks in. Wear tattered clothes. Make sure everybody knows. Oh, 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 Tanya, I don't know if you can help me into the sanctuary this morning because I've been, I've been fasting. I've been fasting since I woke up this morning. Oh, golly, Pastor, you sure are a pious man. I don't know if you can help me in there. Help me in there, Mike. There's a wheelchair over there. I'm running out of gas. This fasting thing, but boy, I sure am a holy man. Jesus said, you've already got your reward. Shh. It's what we do not only as individuals, but we do as churches, parachurch organizations. We've got to put our names, slathered logos everywhere. We've got to make sure people know. Shh. Be careful. See, because if that's the way you're going to live, if that's your attitude, if that's what you're looking for is you want somebody to come along and pat you on the back and say, Good job. Man, I want to be like you. See, Jesus said about the Pharisees is that you'll cross over land and sea to win over one convert, and when you do, you make them twice the child of hell that you are. See, because they're looking up to you in your tassels and your phylacteries and your loud prayers in the the public square and in the synagogues and people that you've gone out and you proselytized and you said, come over, this is where life is because is where God is, and they look at you and they say, well, if that's where it is, then I should be like that. And I wonder how many of the churches in our country, when people come in and they look up and they see the CEO pastor up on stage, that must be what it is to be holy. That must be what it is to be holy, to wear the suit and the tie and the polish. That must be what it is to be holy to carry around your Bible everywhere that you go. I don't have time to talk to anybody, but I'm in a hurry. And then we train up our children. That's what they look at. And they say, that's who I want to be because that's the person at the top. That's who mommy and daddy revere. They want to be like that guy. So I want to be like that guy. If that's who mommy and daddy love, I want mommy and daddy to love me, then I want to look like him. Jesus says, beware. You've already got your reward, and in verse 17, but when you fast, put oil on your head. Wash your face so you don't show your fasting to people, only to your father in secret. Father in secret, he'll reward you. I think if we make some church t-shirts in the future, this is what they need to look like. 
the t-shirt and on the back it says recovering hypocrite. See, because that's all of us. I don't know if you've ever been addicted to drugs or alcohol or something else. We don't need to go into the whole list on Mother's Day, but there's a lot of stuff that we get addicted to. See, we never really truly get over that stuff. We can be born again in Christ, but see, Satan knows what your Achilles heel is. He knows, and he's just sitting there waiting. You think you're, you think you're done with alcohol? You think you're done with pornography? <laughs> okay, you're going to let your guard down a little bit? Jesus told you to beware, and you didn't do it. Do it. You know, you find yourself in a drunken stupor. You find the authority showing your door for stuff that you've downloaded or sold or transported or something else. I thought I had that thing whipped. You don't. It's not going to be whipped until we enter into glory. We're all recovering hypocrites. So let's stop acting like we've all got it together. I'm your pastor. I'm standing up here. I'm a recovering hypocrite. My name's Kevin. And y'all say, hi, Kevin. I know it's probably not the greatest Mother's Day message that you've ever heard. But see, it's not about mothers. It's about Christ. I'm glad that moms are here today and we love you. I love my wife and I love my mom. But we're not here to put our moms up on a pedestal. We're here to worship Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Our mom brought us into this world, but Jesus is the one that brings us into the next one. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we love you. And we thank you that you're the one that God said in the garden to Eve there's one who's coming that's going to crush the head of the serpent, and that was you, and you did that. You won the victory, and it cost you your life. There's nothing we could ever do to earn that kind of grace, that kind of love. And you tell us, please, 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 if you're going to call yourself my disciple, if you're going to stand up, and you're going to wear the sash of an ambassador of Jesus Christ, the King of heaven and earth, the king of eternity, please beware. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. We love you, Lord Jesus. May the word that's been planted today produce a harvest 30, 60, 100 times that which has been sown. We love you. We pray these things in your name. Amen.